Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Kate Faulkner. Hello, hope you're okay. Thank you for downloading today's podcast on Friday, February 23rd. Our top story today, an asylum seeker will be sentenced for manslaughter today after four people drowned as they attempted to cross the channel to Kent. Ibrahim Abar, who's over 18 and from Senegal, piloted a small boat that got into difficulty in December 2022. A court was told the vessel had 43 people on board but was designed for just 20 and there was no safety equipment. Libby Clark is from the CPS. Organised crime groups don't keep passenger lists of people and numbers that are getting onto these small boats. The aim is to get them into the water and away as soon as possible. Four bodies were recovered, of which so far we've only been able to identify one. Three therefore remain unidentified. And we do believe from the evidence that's been gathered that there was another body, uh, but the longer time goes on, anybody's recovered become less likely to be associated with this capsize. Are you able to tell me how many people we think were on board and how many it was actually designed to take? Approximately 43 people on board, but probably about half that number was the appropriate number for a vessel of this size. Uh, I think the jury were probably shown pictures of the boat So you would have seen people sat on the floor of the boat, uh, which didn't have proper decking boards or proper flooring um, to support the weight of the people there. And people were sat around the sides of this inflatable, nothing to hold on to. Um, just perched on the side of this boat. And this has been particularly tricky in questioning Ibrahim Abar. Um, we don't know too much about him, even his how old he is. Um, we think he's over 18 and from Senegal. Can you tell us a bit about the complexities of that side of the case? Well, we wanted to um, find out as much as we could about Ibrahim Abar, you know, to probe the accounts that had been given in the interviews to the immigration authorities and then latterly to the Kent police. As you said, the court made a determination that he was 18 years of age, uh, certainly at the time that determination was made. Um, But he said um, in his account that he came from Senegal. He'd left Senegal and made his way to uh, Libya, where he did spend some time. And then he moved on from Libya through to Italy, where again, He stayed a little while, but moved on um, through to France. And what was it he said in his defence during, well, this was a retrial, of course, but what was it that he he said had happened? Barr said he wanted to come to the UK to claim asylum. He wanted to pursue his work in music and as a panel beater. He said that he had no money to get to the uh, UK, no money to pay the people smugglers. And it's a fact that other people on the boat paid thousands of euros to these organised crime groups. But um, Barr, because of having some experience in sailing boats, there was talk of him having piloted, not piloted, sailed the boat from Libya across to Italy. So he was offered free passage in return for piloting the boat. He said that he was used to sailing wooden boats 
And when he saw the the rib, the, the, the small boat, unpacked on the beach in darkness and inflated, he said that he wasn't um, able to sail that type of boat. He'd never sailed it, didn't know how to do so. Um, and he didn't want to do it, but he said he was subjected to violence by the organised crime group. He feared for his life if he didn't get in and pilot the boat. How difficult a case do you think this was for the jury? Because as we said, this isn't the first time this case had been in court. This was the second time that all the evidence had been heard. I'm sure it was uh, a difficult case um, to try. Um, it had to be tried, obviously, on the facts and the evidence that was before the court. And there were two routes to the verdict of manslaughter, because the prosecution were able to say that the deaths of the four resulted from either Barr's unlawful acts. That's one way in which you can um, be convicted of manslaughter or if not unlawful at manslaughter, they could find that he was guilty of gross negligence manslaughter. And that's indeed the basis on which they found um, that he was. Because as soon as he assumed the duties of the pilot, he owed a duty of care to those people on that boat. It comes as the UK is going to sign a deal with the EU's border agency to try and stop asylum seekers crossing the channel. Officers will work together more closely, exchanging intelligence and collaborating on training. Home Secretary James Cleverly says it's a landmark agreement to help stop the boats. Kent Online News. Investigations are underway after a man was allegedly kidnapped off the street in Walderslate. At around 8.30 on Tuesday night, three suspects reportedly assaulted the victim on Robin Hood Lane before pushing him into the back of a nearby van and driving away. There have been no missing person reports from the area. Police would like to speak to any witnesses. We've shared a picture of the van at Kent Online. Two teenagers have been arrested after a woman was seriously hurt in a suspected hit and run in Rochester. She's being treated for head injuries after it happened on Crow Lane in the early hours of yesterday. Police want to speak to two men who were walking close to the victim just before the collision and gave first aid. A court's heard how a Folkestone man threatened police after being caught driving through a new housing estate with a flat tyre. Brennan Moffat was drunk behind the wheel as he drove along Aldridge Road. He also refused a roadside breath test. The 23-year-old from Naseby Avenue in Cheriton was handed a 12-month community order and given a driving ban. Days after calls for more to be done to tackle a problem underpass in Folkestone, police have charged a man. Officers have been patrolling the area in Middleburg Square. A 53-year-old is due in court next week, accused of obstructing police and a search. Groups of people have also been moved on from the site. Kent Online News. The air ambulance has been called to a serious crash involving a lorry on the M20. Police and paramedics were also at the scene on the coastbound carriageway between Ashford and Hythe. The motorway was closed for investigation work. Three fire engines have been called to part of Gravesend after a car caught a light. The blaze broke out on Lower Highham Road yesterday evening. No one was hurt and it's unclear how it started. A 14-year-old girl who went missing from Medway has been found safe. Lily Rose Stokes disappeared from the main road area of who on Wednesday night. Police have thanked everyone who helped with the appeal. Now, drivers are being warned to expect major disruption as a section of the A249 is going to be closed for the next five weeks. The southbound stretch will be shut between the Stockbury Roundabout and Church Hill as part of ongoing work to improve the M2 junction. Nicola's been speaking to Daniel Rowlandson from National Highways. We'll be closing the southbound carriageway 
from Stockbury Roundabout to uh, around sort of Churchill area where they cross over, uh, as well as the westbound to the London bound off slip from the M2. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be closed for a period of five weeks, uh, aiming to open it um, on the Easter weekend. Um, it's it's necessary that we we have to do this due to the nature of the work that we're doing. So um, we, we, we're having to reconstruct the carriageway, uh, do a lot of drainage works, works on the central reservation and construct um, reconstruct the, the entire road on top of the existing carriageway, which is why it's really difficult. Or, or next to impossible to be able to do that without having to do a closure of this scale. As you mentioned, though, five weeks is quite a long period of time. How is that going to affect motorists and what sort of um, diversion routes are you putting in place for them? Yeah, so I, th- I think it's important. We, we always try and find the right balance between um, uh, the disruption to to our customers. So that's both people that travel through the through the um, through the junction, but also the local communities. In short, we, we have we have quite a chunk of work to do both on the southbound and the northbound carriageway. But instead of causing confusion to drivers, which can be dangerous and, and safety is always our most important um, thing we, we, we look at. Uh, in, instead of switching the traffic management around and having, say, a three week closure of one side and then two or three week closure of the other side. What we're doing is we're, we're, we're having one long closure of one side. Um, and then halfway through, we will we will create a, a sort of crossover point. So northbound traffic will just sort of flow around. Um, by doing that, it is safer and it will allow drivers to to kind of get used to it and, and naturally traffic will will generally um, disperse uh, around as we do that. Uh, we are we are kind of five weeks. We, we, we like to think it is the worst case scenario. We're, we're trying to de-risk it as much as possible by we've got um, three overnight closures of the northbound carriageway as well, just overnight. Um, during the month of March, and we, we had a closure last weekend as well. So by doing that, it allows us to do to some of the other work that that's quite hard to do just with one carriageway shut. And uh, yeah, sorry, the, and then diversion route. So the diversion route will be, and, and part of the reason why we've closed westbound slip at the same time is because we, we always needed to do a closure there for the similar sort of reasons. It's all very on top of these the carriageway. But by closing that at the same time as a southbound, what it essentially does, it means that traffic has to stay on the M2 and follow our diversion route to Junction 3 at Bluebell Hill and then down onto the M20. Um, and then what that avoids is traffic that's coming off at the slip road, finding that the southbound carriageway is closed and then having to divert themselves onto less appropriate roads um, or, or to get confused and potentially get lost. So it, it kind of helps with the flow of diversion. Lovely. And how would you say the work is progressing? Um, I know every time I go down there, it, it, it looks vastly different. There's an awful lot going on. Is it all on schedule? It absolutely is, yeah. So like you said, anybody who can drive through the through the junction recently we'll see that our flyover is, is more or less complete so we've, we've actually finished the retaining the what we call the retaining walls on either side um, of the flyover so so essentially now we just have to build the road layers um we're anticipating that the flyover itself will be taking traffic by as early as sort of end of june um so that's kind of what we're aiming for so it really is on target you know our, our open traffic date was is the winter so towards the end of this year but we're, we're hopeful that we can actually have most of the 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 roads, including the flyover, taking traffic by sort of midsummer, and then after that, it's kind of some of the smaller areas. Where you can see that we've also been doing a lot of planting as well around the area. So whenever whenever areas are, are free from from our construction works, we're, we're getting planting there as long as the season's correct, and we're getting as much as that done as possible um, to to avoid any any delays and obviously to to allow that as much time as possible to grow. But yeah, we're, we're very much on target, uh, and by hopefully by 
by like I said, by the sort of mid, mid to the end of the summer, we'll, we'll be in a really good position. Kent Online News. A Kent GP has been telling us why she thinks the UK has the biggest gender health gap among G20 countries. Figures show more than a third of women feel anxious or embarrassed about getting medical help and 42% are uncomfortable discussing their health issues with their manager at work. Lucy spoke to Dr Fiona Warner, who is a GP at Benenden Hospital. A gender health gap is essentially a difference in disease prevalence, disease outcome and access to health care. Um, and what we know is that in, in this country, there is a significant um, difference between um, those those um, aspects for uh, men and women. So women fare much worse than men. Why do you think that is from your experience as a doctor? Um, this is something that has existed for hundreds of years. So it's, it's a systemic, cultural and um, historical issue. Um, there has just been um, less awareness of women's health, less in research into women's health, um, less interest just generally in women's health. And uh, so this is something that's been going on for a long time. But obviously we are now, um, ben the research done by Benedon Hospital um, shows that um, people are not aware of this gap. 72% of women were, were not aware that it existed. Um, and we know that it's it's actually increasing. Um, and in this day and age, we just wouldn't expect that to, to be the case. We, we actually have all the G20 countries, um, we have the biggest gender health gap, and we have the 12th biggest gender health gap in the world, in the UK, which is which is really sad. It is. It's very worrying as a woman, and I'm sure for you as a female GP yourself. I mean, why is the UK worse than other countries, do you think? Um, I think there are, there are so many different issues um, that, that are causing this. Um, why we're so much worse than other countries. There, there are various um, health issues, I think, um, are some of our you know, smoking rates are not as good as in other countries. Um, our exercise um, is not, uh, you know, looking after our health perhaps isn't as good as in other countries. Um, screening, uh, women are not attending for screening as much as perhaps they should be. So these are all sort of areas that um, that need to be looked into. Um, our research also, showed, the Benedon Health research also showed that in England, 35% of women um, felt very reluctant to go and see their GP. They felt embarrassed. Um, so I think there's a lot of work that we could do there. We, we really want to try and empower women to feel confident to be able to go and speak to a GP or any healthcare professional um, that they, they don't feel embarrassed. Um, and I think, again, that's possibly a sort of English thing, a cultural thing, um, which perhaps doesn't happen in other countries. Um, so, yeah, perhaps by spreading awareness and talking a bit more about our health, we can empower women to feel stronger to be able to 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 access healthcare better. Kent Online News. Farmers are staging another protest against cheap foreign imports in Ashford today. Tractors will be driven slowly through the town from four o'clock this afternoon. Campaigners say British farmers are being treated unfairly as food is being sold for cheaper than it costs to produce it. Safety plans for a huge new solar farm near Faversham look set to be approved despite concerns from residents. The Cleve Hill project in Graveney requires a 25-acre battery storage facility to be built to hold power 
generated by the 880,000 solar panels. Campaigners are worried about the lithium causing a fire or explosion, but officials say they're satisfied with the safety plan ahead of a decision by councillors. Hoardings have gone up in part of Ashford as work is due to start on a new 92-bed hotel. It's been nearly two years since plans for the four-storey building on new rents were approved. Six shops are going to be knocked down to make room for the development, which will also have 10 flats on the top floor. Kent Online News. Three Kent pubs have closed following the death of their co-owner. The Checkers Inn in Aylesford, Amherst Inn in Seal near Sevenoaks and the Walnut Tree in Yalding have all shut their doors. They were run by David House, who died earlier this month at the age of 52. A four-year-old girl from Canterbury who had x-rays after falling off her scooter has been diagnosed with cancer. Darcy Chandler complained of having pain in her arm after the fall in 2020. Routine hospital checks revealed she has leukaemia. After successful treatment, in 2021. Darcy was in remission for two years before the disease returned. She's currently undergoing further treatment and her family are hopeful and positive. It comes as there have been tributes to a teenager from Kent who's lost his short battle with bone cancer. 15-year-old Aidan Vincer died on February 9th, just five months after being diagnosed. He was a student at the Marsh Academy in New Romney. It will close early next Friday so that fellow pupils can attend his funeral. Kent Online News. Volunteers are meeting today to clear rubbish from a nature reserve near Dartford after several animals were injured. Kent Wildlife Trust say litter keeps being dumped at the Heather Corrie Vale site in Darrenth Valley. A Highland cow was left severely lame after a broken beer bottle got wedged in its hoof. Archaeologists excavating a medieval Kent shipyard have found an exciting Roman artefact. A pipe clay figure of the god Mercury's head was discovered at Smallhithe Place in Tenterton. Experts say it's incredibly rare. It'll go on display along with other finds from the dig next Wednesday. And researchers at the University of Kent have been given half a million pounds to develop genetically modified hops. The five-year project will see scientists breeding different varieties to create plants that are more resilient to drought, pests and disease. Half of the UK's hops are grown in Kent and are used to brew beer. Kent Online News. And now with a look at what's on in Kent this weekend, here's Sam Laurie. We're coming towards the end of February and that means warmer weather, longer days and spring flowers are just around the corner. But still, we've got to make it through this wet and windy month first, and I think I've got just the thing to help you make it until the end of February, especially if you're looking for something to do with the family this weekend. Money is tight for lots of people right now, so we've put together a list of 21 brilliant free attractions in Kent that you can visit without breaking the bank. From fascinating museums to eye-catching art galleries, historic castles to impressive landmarks, there are plenty of great days out that you and your family can enjoy for free this year. The full list is up on Kent Online and inside this week's paper, so make sure you check it out if you're looking for wallet-friendly ways to get out of the house. Now, if you're in the mood for music this weekend, there are some great tribute nights where you can hear your favourite tunes without paying eye-watering ticket prices. Lee's Cliff Hall in Folkestone is putting on its club night dedicated to Taylor Swift tonight. While it's not exactly a tribute night, Swiftageddon is the perfect way for Swifties to sing and dance their hearts out to Taylor's biggest hits and deep cuts before the pop star heads to the UK for her stadium tour this summer. On Saturday night, another legendary woman in music is being honoured at the Orchard West Theatre in Dartford. Woman in Love is a tribute to Barbara Streisand and her incredible career, including her time on Broadway and her Larger Than Life albums, which spanned six decades. The Orchard West Theatre is also rounding off the weekend with a second tribute night on Sunday, and this time it's all about Dire Straits. 
Money for Nothing will see a live band recreate the group's biggest hits from the 1970s and 80s. For something a little different, the popular self-build show, Build It Live, is coming to the Kent Event Centre on Saturday and Sunday. The show is great for those who are looking to make home improvements or building their own home from scratch, with seminars, workshops and demonstrations from property experts taking place over the weekend. And, thinking ahead to next week, there are some brilliant shows coming to Kent that you might want to book before they sell out. Andrew Lloyd Webber's rock and roll musical Jesus Christ Superstar opens at the Churchill Theatre in Bromley on Monday, and to make it extra special, comedian Julian Clary will be starring as Herod for three nights from Thursday to Saturday. And last but not least, Strictly's Giovanni Panice is back on the road with his new show Let Me Entertain You, and it's coming to the Marlowe Theatre on Tuesday and Wednesday. The dancer will be hitting the stage with spectacular choreography, costumes and music. His shows are usually a sellout, so make sure you snap up those last few tickets while you can. But just remember, while some great shows are coming to Kent in the next few weeks and months, there are also loads of fantastic attractions that are completely free to visit, so you don't need to spend money to have fun with the family. Kent Online Sports. Football now and Gillingham are taking on promotion chasing Wrexham at Priestfield this weekend. The Welsh club is owned by Ryan Reynolds and they're currently third in the table, 11 points ahead of the Jills. Tomorrow's game is a sellout. Here's head coach Stephen Clements. It's no bigger game than any other one. Um, obviously, there's a, there's a, a lot of people turning up here tomorrow and there'll be a big crowd and, yeah, there's obviously an interest with um, everything that's gone on at Wrexham over the last, uh, what is it, two or three years? I don't know how long it is now, but um, obviously that does bring publicity. Um, but uh, for us, it's another game. It's one we're looking forward to and uh, we'll be looking to try and win the game. We'll obviously uh, have to offer a threat to them, but we'll have to be very wary of what they can bring as well. They've got unbelievable squad depth, um, a lot of good players, um, and they've been building things for a little while. So, um, yeah, we're going to have to bring our A game uh, to get result, but I believe we, we can do that. Um, and I'm looking forward to taking them on. And I kind of think, I know what Wrexham will play. They've played the same sort of system all season. Um, I think it'll be a physical competitive game. I think we'll, we'll have to defend our box well. But I think they'll have to defend there as well uh, too. So um, I'm hoping that we can create more than we did on Tuesday night. Um, I felt we'd, we'd done really, really well to, to shut Stockport out. And it took a lot of hard work and determination from the boys because they were playing against some good players at this level. Um, but obviously, um, we'd like to offer a little bit more going forward. Kickoff is at three. Staying with football and Maidstone's Alessia Russo could feature for England's women later as they take on Austria in a friendly match. It's part of the build-up to Euro 2025 qualifying. The match in Spain kicks off at 7.45. That's all from us today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, X, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. You can also get the details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk and while you're on the website, you can check out the latest review from The Secret Drinker. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.